Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are talking about modern Christian psychology. Okay, so we are back here with my lovely wife as well. Oh, hey, guys. Good to see you, sweetie. Uh, and we're taking on a... <laughs> We're just poking the bear. We took on mental illnesses <laughs> yes, we are. last time. And so this time we are taking on modern Christian psychology. And here's the question for the day that we're going to try to answer. How should Christians think about modern Christian psychology? Mm. Easy topic, right? Yes. No. <laughs> so real quick here, before we dive in, make sure if you did not listen to the previous episode, you go back and listen. That will be uh, foundational for this discussion uh, today. But essentially, we're looking at how do we face and navigate uh, the issues that are internal. So we're not asking the question of how do you, you know, what, what do you do when you have a broken arm? We're not asking that. And we keep right. using that because it's very helpful to distinguish physical and non-physical. We're asking, how do we deal with these issues we face inside of us that are not uh, easily identifiable, that are not always with the test, but we know something's going on? How do we navigate these mm. as Christians? And the reality is there are essentially three different approaches. Uh, there is a secular approach. There's a sacred approach. And then there's this third way. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about with modern Christian psychology. And another term that's been used to describe it is integration. Yeah. The integration of secular and sacred, the yeah. integration of science and scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, right. and, and so that's what we're talking about with modern Christian psychology. It is seen often as the best of both worlds because you get the most cutting edge research mm -hmm. and observations mixed with the soul care and the soul winning uh, that, that Christians have based on God's word. Um, it approaches these, these non-physical and internal issues with supposed best practices. Mm. Right. All the tools in your tool belt, right? Why, why, why not? That's one of the... <laughs> That's one of the <laughs> phrases that's used is use every tool that you have available. Uh, now, as Jess noted last time, um, when we're talking about secular psychology and the world's perspective, it is not a hard science in the same way uh, that science, or I guess even that's a debatable term these days, uh, but it is not a, a hard science. It's known as a soft science, meaning that it's not, they're, they're not concretes. They're not dealing with things that are verifiable and and um, and and replicatable. We're dealing right. with things that are built with hypotheses that may mm -hmm. or may not be proven, uh, and many of them, many, many, many. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, what we're looking at is is this third way of modern Christian psychology wants to bring that soft science in addition to spiritual or soul care. Uh, and so the, 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 um, the methodologies will essentially follow secular psychology's trends. So over the last 30, 40 years, the trends of modern Christian psychology have followed the latest research of the secular psychological movements. Right. Mm -hmm. So they, they do say, hey, what are they doing in the secular realm? Let's employ that therapy. Let's employ that methodology in what we're doing and keep adding scripture, adding spirituality, right. uh, largely more than scripture uh, to this so we can Christianize it. Yeah. So we can take it and make it Christian. Mm. Mm -hmm. So with all that being said, as you, as you guys have thought about 
modern Christian psychology. I mean, let's just let's just talk about some critiques. Let's talk about some. Hey, what are some difficult things that we see with it? What are some you know, questions that are raised, and uh, you know, maybe even some statements that need to be acknowledged? Yeah, it's so many, so many different thoughts. Um, but as we touched on in the last, the whole. Um, field of study of psychology, meaning study of the soul, and all the founders being not believing in soul, being atheistic, being naturalistic, having that be their worldview. So even if you're um, pursuing Christian psychology or seeing a Christian psychologist, the psychology foundation is rotten. Their view Mm. of man is unbiblical. Their view of solutions is is they'd have no reference for sin. Like it's just the foundation is not very um, sturdy in terms of standing on. I did mention the tool in your tool belt and that scripture is just one of many um, things. And I think it was in Gospel Treason that I read by Brad Bigney, which is really, I really highly recommend that. Um, He brought up the analogy of integrationists kind of having like a bag full of marbles and mm. scripture is just one of the marbles yeah. that mm. you can pull out to help someone. And um, his thrust was that our correct thinking would be that scripture is not one of the marbles. It is the magnifying glass through which we observe and evaluate all of the marbles. Mm. Yeah, um, good. So that's kind of a helpful um, um, thing. No, this is really hotly, it's hotly, hotly debated. It's, it's lots and lots of feelings. Um, about it, but I do know from even my personal experience when I was in the biblical counseling program, I was surprised at the number of Christians who were in the program who were already licensed psychologists. Mm-hmm. They were already practicing Christian psychology mm-hmm. and yet they were in the program with me. And so getting to talk to them, what I just heard over and over again is um, they desired to help people. Like, I don't think anybody pursues any kind of secular psychology, Christian psychology. No, I don't think people do it because they hate people. Right. They do it because they right. love people. Sure. They want to help people. And they want to the have des- the tools. Right. That's the desire there. But what I found over and over again is these different friends and colleagues said they really just couldn't. They could not help people. Mm. They got a secular psychology degree or a Christian psychology degree. They got licensed. They were seeing people and they just really couldn't actually help people. They were putting band-aids on things mm, and helping people yeah. to um, cope, but they weren't helping people to heal, yeah. to thrive, to change, that that is really what was um, lacking, that they were confined in terms of sharing their faith with mm-hmm. people, even though they were a Christian psychologist. And even though that was on you know, the, the little uh, tile um, the doctor is in, they still couldn't induce people in terms of faith. And then people who were Christians who came to them who wanted that when they were trying to, they didn't have the tools to be able to do it. So just very incomplete in so many ways. Yeah, and I, I think it comes it comes back. I know we'll talk about truth because truth is really so important here. And I know we talked about this in the last um, episode, the imprecise nature of psychology, this idea that right. we're throwing things against the wall. We observe and you can observe only what the patient tells you, right? Yeah. And then you, you are, can I just say the word guessing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe it's an, maybe it's a, an educated guess, but hypothesis, it's a, it's a yeah. hypothesis. And then you try uh, some type of, you know, fix to that thing. But right. Jesse, the two words that you used are so important, the Band-Aid and, and maybe I can help them cope. Maybe right. I can get them, right. maybe I can get them um, feeling good enough to be back next week. 
where <laughs> where I can then maybe try a new Band-Aid or yeah. a new coping mechanism yeah. so that they just don't, you know, spiral. Right. Yeah. But it's so it is so imprecise. Right. That's the thing. And 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 yes, does it actually lead to a solution, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, the, there's those World War II dramas. I know Band of Brothers, Band of Brothers and other right, kinds of things right. that people watch. And uh, and you know that when somebody hits, uh, gets hit by a mine or or a grenade goes off, and it's a really bad injury, and they want to administer morphine because they know they're going to die. Right. But they want to anesthetize them unto death. Right. I am very sorry if this is offensive to some, but essentially <laughs> that's what psychology does. Mm. It, the, it is help for the dying. Mm. They're already dying, but it's trying to anesthetize them unto death. Modern Christian psychology, mm. ultimately because its system is built not upon God's word and salvation, even though they may be Christians who pursue these things, the solutions are not found in eternity. Mm. So often what they still do is the same thing that secular psychology does. And then slap a verse on it. And then take two verses and see me in the morning. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's and yeah. that's the th- that's the thing that probably irks me the most is mm-hmm. is is the the scripture is the fallback. It's the mm-hmm. it's the thing in the background. Yeah. And if I can if I can then put a verse to something that I've 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 done something secular, something psychological, I put a verse to it then I can keep that label Christian over my door. Right. Well, and the insistence too that it's necessary. And I find that a lot within um, people who are more integrated minded or or proponents of Christian psychology, that the psychology component is necessary. That's Mm. that's what is heard over and over and over again, that that part um, absolutely can't be left out. And I just think like historically, right? History, church nerd over Mm. there, right? When modern psychology is how old? Yeah. Right. That the first labs opened in Germany in like seventeen, or I'm sorry, eighteen seventy nine. Right. It's not that old. Right. Correct. So what did we do before that? <laughs> what did we do in the fourth right? century? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like there well, was I can just tell you, yeah. well, well, there was just like no hope before that. Yeah. So the fact that it's so necessary, and then globally too, or Adam and I look. So I look hit yeah. long way history, and then wide, and so there are Christians who don't have access to Christian mental health professionals. Mm. So so what about what about them? Are they just up a creek without a paddle because it's so necessary? Mm. Um, or has God's word always been there with his people? So I mean, and- even on that point, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's this quote that I, I read, I don't remember where it's from, but it says, God didn't reveal more truth to Rogers, Freud, and Skinner and others in order to compete with the Bible and confuse his people. Now the, the statement there is, uh, it's very bombastic because we we know people we love people uh, who might say that there is more truth revealed to psychologists than through God's word. That's a reality. Uh, now it is possible that in God's common grace, an unbeliever could understand some true things, but without right. Right. without a a without a truly uh, renewed soul and spirit uh, from uh, from God they are going to lack the illumination right. that only God can bring. As Jesse was mentioned, the magnifying glass to right. look at the marbles. They're not going to be able to look at those 
the right way, God's way, and to evaluate things biblically. And if we're thinking about souls, we're thinking about the inner person, the person that, that is still there even when the body dies, we need to think about these matters theologically and biblically and not just result to a physical solution. Right. I mean, it's one of these things that, that I think about, and this is kind of one of the offenses, I would say, even that happens is when somebody comes to a pastor or comes to uh, even, um, even one of these psychologists, even a Christian psychologist, and says, you know, I came to you because, you know, my pastor, he's not trained in this mm. or, you know, he's, he's not equipped. I mean, just just asking licensed. you, Jeff, here, like, <laughs> is, like, what, what would you be your response if somebody says, well, you know, I just don't know if you're equipped to deal with this because, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z. And I'm just over here thinking, so is it the letters behind their name that allows right. them to do it or the thousands of hours that Jeff has spent, <laughs> you know, with Observing people, people. You know, yeah. weeping with those who yeah. weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. Does that mean nothing? Does it, does it ultimately right. come down to who did you study under? And as long as you studied under someone who studied under someone who studied under Rogers, Ford, Skinner or Adler, um, that then you can say something like then you're relevant. It's sort of the Western mindset, right? Mm -hmm. That it's the, the letters after our, our names yeah. that make the difference. Essentially what they're saying is I'm so complex that unless you've gone to school for X number of years in the, in this particular field, you can't understand me <laughs> when I have God's word in front of me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. As if you're so unique that, that what God has said to us about our souls that you're not included and in that. And you fall outside the bounds of scripture. Right, right. Yeah. And so all of my study and teaching, and that, and you're right, the hundreds of hours of sitting with people who have issues in the suke, right? They mm -hmm. have they have spiritual yeah. struggles, as we all do, yeah. right? Yep. Um, yeah, that it does count for something. You it's know. so funny too, because again, coming back to the psychologies being many, not one, people quit therapists all the time. It's true. People talk about horrible right. experiences with, with therapists and yeah, to go to a different, a different one because you don't like what they say. Right. And like, he hurt just, me. This so, yeah, yeah, it's so, there's there's a mini soapbox here, but the idea of the that licensing going, because I, I see this argument a lot within the Christian world. <laughs> it's like, you need to go to somebody who's licensed, right? A pastor is not licensed. What is a license? A license is, <laughs> I don't know what they think that somehow there's more protection. Um, I was passed <laughs> on the freeway by someone who holds a license to operate a car and they were operating it like a fool. <laughs> and oh, there was no, where was the accountability? Where was my opportunity to appeal to that license? Right, no, right. unless there's a police officer there, nothing is going to happen. There's malpractice suits all the time because someone with a license <laughs> did something that was wrong. And how many mal, um, malpractice suits actually make it through, right? Yeah. Do you have enough money to do it? So the idea is that if somebody is licensed, they've agreed, they've just, they've just agreed to operate by a certain, certain principles. Right. If they don't, sure, you might have a way to appeal that, but how many times do you often, right? How, how often does that get done? Yeah. Do you have the money and the time to actually like appeal and seek justice for a particular situation? So there's, there's a false sense of security, I feel like, in that, yeah, we need a professional and somebody who's actually, actually been licensed. Now I can hear an objection from mm. somebody listening, uh, uh, making, again, making the mistake of, of comparing the inner man and the outer man, saying, because none of us would go to a surgeon if they, if they, if they did, weren't MDs, right? right? They hadn't studied this particular thing, but, but right. that's, again, the difference between the physical and the spiritual. 
they're very unique things. Right. So yeah. that, I do want to go to a licensed doctor when I break my arm. Yes. Right. And I don't right. care whether there's a Christian or not. Right. Exactly. Right. If I need right. heart surgery, right. I well, want the best surgeon. Yeah. Well, but listen, this is an argument that people use all the time in terms of Christian yeah. psychology. And I'm going to poke all kinds of holes in it right okay, now. Okay, go for it. ready? Okay, because they say that. They say, if you have a problem, if you have a mental illness, then you want to go to someone who's licensed and don't you want the best one? It doesn't matter. And then they'll put it to other things. Yeah, if you have, if you have to have heart surgery, don't you want the best heart surgeon? If, you're, if your sink is fixed, don't, uh, um, not working and needs to be fixed, don't you want the best plumber to mm-hmm. fix it? No. No, best by whose standards? Right. By yes. whose, are they the highest rated plumber on Yelp? <laughs> right, how, how, how often are those inflated by false accounts, right? right? Doctors, best doctor, how many people lie on exams? How many people cheat on exams? I just mm-hmm. went and looked up a bunch of statistics again mm-hmm. because it's like on the low end, it's 40%. Yeah. On the high end, it's 95. 95 of people cheat on it. So 95% of doctors, 95% of plumbers, 95% Dentists, of everybody is cheating to get where they're at. So are they really the best? That's terrifying. And listen to me, best by how much? So if the best surgeon in the world who's going to operate, heart surgeon is going to operate on my heart and the third best one is a Christian. Mm. I want the Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I want the person who sees me as a body and a soul. Mm. I want the person who knows God, who might be mm. praying over me while he's I mean, in. That so would just, be ideal. Like, yeah. But come I think on, in the, come on. In the common sense way of saying best, and I think as Christians, we should look at it this way it's best measuring all those things. It's best thinking about what is their track record. Are they successful mm. at what they do? And, you know, when you're looking even at a plumber, for example, if there are no Christian plumbers that you know, and you're looking at getting one, and you're doing a little survey of your friends, and you're finding out, did, did this one cheat you out of anything? Mm-hmm. You know, did they operate mm-hmm. fairly and honestly? There's a lot of metrics that we're measuring that by. Uh, so when even when I say I want the best, I want the best by my standard. Well, that's what I mean. And my standard, <laughs> yeah. and here's, here's I'm going to re- reveal my hand here. <laughs> yeah. My standard is God's revealed Word. Right, because right. those are honest, honesty Correct. and the fruits of the spirit, right? All so of those So my standard things. isn't going to be the letters. No. My standard is going to be the Yelp ratings. Yeah. My standard isn't going to be those. But even if it's an unbeliever doing something that is, uh, you know, non-soul care, I'm okay with it. It, it doesn't, it's not a requirement for me that they have to be uh, a believer to to do something for me. But sometimes it's it's ideal if they are, and sometimes it's ideal if they're not because you have an opportunity to bring God's word to bear. I've heard so many stories of faithful Christians bringing the gospel in the hospital room because people have no hope in hospitals, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And when you are surrounded by other believers and you're praying through every surgery, uh, there's a dearly loved uh, pastor who is getting a, a transplant right now, actually, as we record this. And what a testimony they are in, in the UCLA Medical mm. hospital, mm. Uh, bringing a testimony of praying through what's going on and amen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at this point, here's where the, the divergence, and I'm glad you brought it up, Jess. The divergence is when we're talking about matters of the soul, when we're talking about heart care, it's not the same as even addressing a bone or addressing diabetes or addressing a transplant. We're talking about such inner things that ultimately only God's word speaks accurately and fully truthfully to. Amen. It's not that there's no other things that could 
help, no other observations. It could be a benefit or a blessing or, or in, uh, let me give you an, an example. You know, so we talked about depression the other, uh, the other episode, mm-hmm. uh, people can go through that. And Jesse, you mentioned that, that placebos as well as even exercise can be just as effective as a treatment for those. And that's reality. Cause you think about somebody who's very discouraged and down in the dump. Sometimes they need to get out in the sun. Mm. Now you're not going to find God's word telling them <laughs> you need to go Take on a walk. a walk. You need to go <laughs> spend some time with other people. But I think general observations would tell us as well as has told secular psychologists and Christian psychologists that these are good things. These are mm-hmm. qualitatively good things for people. But why do we know they're good things? going back to God's word. Mm -hmm. It is good for us to be with others. It is good for us to be active. Work was given before the curse, not after. It was that work altered after the curse. So there's so many principles that we're going to go back to God's word and say God's word has ultimate truth. So all of these components that psychologists and Christian psychologists uh, promote, they they are dim pictures of the bright light of God's word. Mm. That's the way I would define it. That's good. I would say generally speaking, as we're talking about modern Christian psychology, it lacks definition even of their own accord because depending on what seminary you go to to study modern Christian psychology, uh, just like Jesse said, it's psychologies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to be different. They yeah. have they're their all own school be, of thought exactly. that they're going to follow. They're going to be based on different components. And some of them are going to literally be the take two verses and see me in the morning right, right. that we talked about. Some may be even a little more overly spiritual and dare I say Catholic in their approach, uh, where they're focusing on a spiritual response, which is different and distinct from a biblical response. Right. Spiritual being mysterious. And that's what I would emphasize there, the mysteries mm. um, and contemplation uh, and some of the desert fathers, uh, if some of you are familiar with those. So there, it lacks definition in its approach. Uh, it doesn't offer enduring solutions because Christian psychology is still psychology. Mm. It's not Christian. It's just a Christianized version of psychology. So as Jesse mentioned, uh, there, there's no solution based yeah. in the modern psychologies. It's all varied, all different therapies. Uh, everything is is available. Therefore, there's no ultimate solution and everything can change. And like you mentioned, Jeff, it's try trial by fire, right. trial by error, right? Mm-hmm. Like we'll see what happens. Uh, another critique I would give is Christian psychology, modern Christian psychology is uniformly a business. It mm-hmm. is rarely a service. Meaning that people yeah. charge. Yep. You pay good money to go see an, a Christian LMFT. Yep. yep. You pay, and maybe your insurance covers it, but you pay money to go do that. Even if it's court ordered over certain issues, um, you pay money to go and to do that. Uh, so it's very, very difficult to look at something like that and say, oh, this has God's fingerprints all over it. When I don't recall that God's word or the gospel has a payment associated with it on our behalf. Right. The last time I checked, the gospel is Jesus's payment on our behalf. We don't come to the table needing to bring the offering. We come to the table recognizing the offering. Mm -hmm. That's a fundamental difference Mm -hmm. between approaching man's problems God's way versus approaching man's problems man's way. Right. Uh, Some other things I would say here quickly, and then you get jump in too, but the the problems that we face according to modern Christian psychology are all external. What's happening to us. Rarely do they focus on what's actually occurring in us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even we talked before, there's blame shifting involved here, which goes right back to Genesis 
three, that's what we love to do. Uh, there's a very limited focus on responding rightly because the emphasis is on changing circumstances, right. not on addressing heart, heart issues. issues yeah. Right. So it's hey, change your change your circumstance, get out of that situation, close the door to that relationship because they're unhealthy for you. All very self focused, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. God focused. Uh, the really there's a lot of similarities in modern Christian psychology with Job's three friends. You remember they come <laughs> and they sit with him, and their first response is good. Right. right, they come and they, they listen sit and they, they sit. weep, right, 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 with him, and then they they open their mouths. <laughs> they can't help it, right? You must have done something, Job. God is mad at you. Your kids must. They start blame shifting the same way that Adam did in the garden. Mm. Um, he's the, it's the woman you gave me, Lord. Mm. Uh, and so we see that those three friends they don't actually help. They start accusing and become very painful friends right. for Job, and they right. confuse him. Right. Make everything very confusing. Yes. Yeah. Now, the last thing I would say on this front, and I really want to hear from you guys here, but um, there's a reality that modern Christian psychology demonizes biblical soul care, meaning they say that biblical soul care, or biblicists, or people that focus on God's word, that they lack uh, care, that their care is ineffective. Uh, and really, what they're doing is they're casting doubt on the relevancy of God's word. They push people to focus on here and now solutions rather than on redemption to come through Christ. That doesn't mean we can't deal with things here, but ultimate redemption isn't found here, mm-hmm. under the sun here. It's found in the age to come when thing, all things are made new. So those are some of my initial critiques. What do you, Anything to add on your guys' end? Critique-wise? Yeah, critique-wise. Before we I give feel, some I know, I feel like we've beat a dead horse. It's... There's a lot. That was we a good could, li- That was a pretty good list. That was a good list. You want to move on to the next yeah, one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to keep beating the horse. Okay. So then let's talk about encouragements. How, how can we encourage people who are listening here to think biblically about modern Christian psychology? We're not just trying to throw a bomb and walk away. Mm-hmm. We are trying to help people think biblically. How do we approach issues even when we know somebody who is a, you know, Christian psychologist has an LMFT, you know, going that route to get certification in that way. How do we think about these things as Christians? Yeah. So two things I would say, be gracious and be discerning, um, both at the same time, which are difficult um, things to do. Uh, be gracious because again, we want to believe the best of people. And oftentimes the intentions are really, really wonderful and beautiful um, in that. I had a, a coworker kind of up to recently who was studying to be licensed. Um, and um, no, I did not try to get her into a debate and all of that, just listening and asking questions. And um, it was very interesting because just talking to her through all the different classes and then the clinics, and then she started counseling different people. Um, it kind of just brought me back full circle to some of my colleagues in the program. Um, she's not really able to help anyone, Mm. you know, not really. Um, and she had some people with some very across the board issues come, including gender dysphoria. And I was like, oh, so how, like, again, because I'm asking the questions, mm. what, what, yeah, question, what, what questions did you yeah. ask? What treatments did you see any, do you see any change? Any, uh, and no, it's really just a philosophical exercise wow. because the basis, the foundation again was psychology. There were some scripture verses and it happened on a, on a Christian seminary campus is where it happened. Um, But it just made me feel so sad because Mm. it was just an exercise in futility. She wants to help people. And at the base of it, she really, 
It doesn't. It doesn't bring lasting changes. Yeah. Band-aids, tourniquets, coping. That's it. That's all that you can hope. So, but be gracious, understanding that there's a desire there. And pray. The yeah. Lord might reveal, right, might reveal right to her. Um, so be gracious, but then also be dis- be discerning. Um, I think that we need to be careful what is what we're consuming, right? Mm. On social media, on podcasts on whatever. And it's difficult and tricky. Um, What psychology and the psychology part of Christian psychology can offer is observations. I'm not saying everything they say is wrong. They can offer true observations about real symptoms and real human conditions. The tricky part is they're not really able to give a definitive diagnosis. Not really. Where is it coming from? And then the solutions. But mm-hmm, those are yeah. slipped in together so sneakily too. Um, it was the last year or the year before. I read The Body Keeps a Score, mm-hmm. which is very popular or was. It's not written by a believer, but it's touted by Christian psychologists. So many, so many. This is the best book. This is the best book ever. And it's just very... It's talking about trauma and the body, the how the body reacts to trauma, and just very insidious in the very beginning, making a statement that trauma is stored in the body. It mm. leaves an imprint on the body. That's an observation mm-hmm. that you can see that there are bodily responses to trauma. Mm-hmm. And then the next sentence is trauma is stored in the most primitive part of the brain. And I was like, what? Is that now we're on complete scientific conjecture? Right. You remember when Zion asked, hey, "Where is, <laughs> where my, is my soul? Where's right, my soul right, yeah. in my where body?" Is it? Right. Yeah, I, well, I let me tell about. you, it's over here by yeah. your liver, by the spleen. Right? Yeah, right, right, right. So I'm like, okay, so and I go into a doctor's office and say, "Hey, doc, yeah. what is the most primitive part of the brain?" Right. That is not a scientific consensus. Not a thing. It's. Not even, but the, but right next to each other so smoothly. And so, yeah. so on the one hand, you're saying, yes, 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 that's true. And then it's like, whoa, where did that come from? So just mm-hmm. be, be discerning. I think with a lot of um, the psychology that's trickled into the church purposefully or not, it just look closely and be discerning. Um, even reading a blog post on gentle parenting. <laughs> Which again is a whole could be a, that's whole, a whole thing. That's another episode. Yeah, but they were seeking Trigger. to redefine <laughs> redefine the rod in oh, scripture right. to right. make it say something it doesn't. And then right. they gave a definition for discipline, and they said the definition for discipline was teaching, instruction, and encouragement. And I looked up the definition of discipline. It's teaching, instruction, encouragement, and chastisement. And there is no way to define chastisement without punishment being a part of it. That right. absolutely, but they just left off the end of the definition. Hmm. So it's very sneaky. It sounds very, it sounds good, but be wise yeah. and be, uh, be discerning when you listen to things. Cause it's just, it's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, discernment is huge. And again, not to impugn the motives of every, cause I, no. we've all known, yeah, we've all known believers. And they've had friends. Right, and they've gone to, they call them Christian therapists, yes. right? And, but they're not getting the Christian side. Like I said, they're, they're, yeah. they, they may pray with them, sure. right? At the beginning yeah. and the end, or they may uh, attach a Bible verse, but the, the instruction is psychological, very, sometimes very practical, but we've seen them, we've seen people get strung along for a long time without solutions, without yeah. actual improvement. Yeah. And, and again, not impugning every motive, but be discerning. Is this, is this therapist? you know, just looking for my weekly check, 
Right. Mm-hmm. They got to make that, a living, right? It, right. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. But here's the thing: as I was listening to Jesse and and thinking, what? So so we do counseling, all three of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it that is different that we do? What what is the, what is the what is the thing that makes our counseling different? And 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 this is so fun to even think about. We have a divine word. Mm-hmm. It's from God. Yeah. Amen. And we have this thing, this person, this Holy Spirit who comes in, the agent of sanctification, who can do divine things to change, supernatural divine things. Beyond mm. what we can understand. Exactly. That to me, I mean, that's, is that not the comfort that we have as counselors? There's Amen. so much. That, yeah, right? nothing, nothing. I'm not just. We're not awesome. I'm I don't not know everything. I'm just trying to observe and no. then throw things at the wall no. and say, well, mate, try, hey, try this, try this. No. And by the way, there might be some really practical instruction that we give where we say, yeah. you know, you should leave yeah. that oh, job or you should move and all absolutely. that. Absolutely. But ultimately what we're, what the three of us are trusting in is that supernatural aspect that the spirit is at work in us and that we have a divine word that gives instruction that brings real change. God's word is Amen. living and active and the spirit when dwelling the believer is yeah. what conforms them to the image of Christ. Yep. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Uh, ah, adding my voice to this at the end, <laughs> it feels weird. I feel like you guys have said so many good things, but uh, I use my notes here. Um, <laughs> giving encouragements at the end of the day, even Christian psychology can only offer observations and not solutions. Mm. And I think it's important distinction there. Second thing, I am more wary, more cautious of Christian psychology than secular psychology. Secular psychology, when they give us the observations, I can say, hey, I know that those are completely devoid of any aspect of God. Mm. And they're just humanistic. And I can understand that. I am more cautious and more wary of Christianizing the that secular right. thought. Right. And I would put it more akin to, and no, this is going to sound harsh, but hear me out on this. When Satan says, did God really say that? Mm. I do think there's a danger of Christian psychology questioning the authority. As just you mentioned, Jeff, we have the word from on high. Yeah. So the authority of God's word needs to be utmost clear in our methodologies. In Christian psychology, it fundamentally is not. Right. The authority of God's word is not present because it is not focused as the sole solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning when you hear from God, you know how to respond by his spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the reality. Uh, so I am cautious. I'm very wary. I, that doesn't mean I hate or uh, have these very strong feelings. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm very displeased with, with things that go on. Um, but my goal, it's, it's not to just defame Christian psychologists, but to say there's a better hope. Right. And just as you mentioned right, right now, Jeff, there's a better hope than just you can cope. There's a better hope than just take the morphine yeah. until you die. Right. There is a better hope and it is found from God. Not from us, not from our wisdom, not from mine, not from Jess, not from yours, from God. And our hope is from Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not found in ourselves. So we want to make sure whenever we're dealing with issues, whether we're dealing with a cancer diagnosis or we're dealing with severe bouts of discouragement and depression, that we are still being encouraged to go God's way moving forward. Right. That we're not just encouraging Let's, let's just take the medication that can help. Maybe a medication will help, but your medication is not your solution. Your hope is going to be laid up as a Christian in the eternal kingdom. Your hope is not going to be found here and now, but mm-hmm. it is here and now hope that will bring you to the end. And that's the encouragement for us. 
All right. Any other things you guys want to say on this one? It's a good time. Did we beat That's it up? good. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> we beat it up. We beat it up. Uh, well, friends, we hope that this has been a good conversation for you and helping you renew your minds and reform your hearts. We will see you next time on The Thinking Tree.